Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. I am your host for today. Our special guest is Mr. Matt Hepburn. He's the founder of Focus Visibility. It's a group that really helps to establish people as a thought leader in their industry and in their niche. And, and I think it's going to be a really, really insightful conversation. So Matt, thanks for hanging out with us today. Absolutely. Pleasure to be on the show. Looking forward to it. We were talking before we got started that you got your start in SEO, which is search engine optimization. And basically the first time that the internet started, people needed to find things. And so it, it seems like it's been around for, for a long time-ish, depending on how you look at it. But also some people are saying it's going away. Some people are saying it's changing at the bottom of the whole thing, right? So I'd love to know, catch us up a little bit on how we got into this space and then a little bit about how that's evolved over that time as well. Sure. So I've been in marketing for about 27 years. And the first 13 years, I was doing direct mail for mortgages, actually. And I was a loan officer. And that's actually how I generated interest was direct response back to me. And I used title data in people's in a mail merge, just a regular Excel and Word doc and would use a number 10 envelope with a window. So that's how I got people to communicate with me. And people I'm sure remember in 2008, we had the subprime mortgage meltdown. I kind of stayed in till 2010. All sorts of things were changing. And it was really, really hard for me to learn all the new rules, get all relicensed and make a living for my family. I had gone from making six figures down to maybe 27.5 overnight with the change because everybody's evaluation of their houses were underwater. So you couldn't give a mortgage away if you wanted to anyway. So I said to myself, well, how do you take this direct response that you have with mail and how do you bring that online? So that was my quest. And I would say for the first two years, I was like everybody else. I tried to get around Google and spent tons of money on software and did things that I'm not necessarily proud of now. But I finally said, well, I'm done with trying to get around Google. What does Google want and what does that mean? right? I just want to give them what they want now. So the last 12 years has really been a quest on giving Google what they want, which is it's changed, right? It's changed with algorithms. And as Google's refined what they want to present, because certain people will take advantage of different things, whether it's links or they'll only do long form content. In other words, they'll target just one keyword and Google evolves because they care about is giving the best result to their users. They don't care about us as website owners. They just want to give the best result to their users. Users. That's all. That's it. So if you are focused on what is the best result you can give the user in content, in depth and breadth, you are on the right path. Yeah. And it seems to, I've seen these evolutions from as the Internet comes out, right? The first evolution was for businesses, at least, was okay, everybody needs a website. OK, everybody scrambles and, you know, website agencies popped up and everybody needs a website. And then it kind of evolved to at some point, maybe before and now everybody needs to be on social media. And I use these kinds of words loosely, but everybody needs to. And But that's the way that it felt for businesses, that it was something that you yeah. had to, to, to contend. Some people are saying that about a podcast now. I don't know if I'd agree that everybody needs one, but I would support it because it would be good for a business for me. But for you, my last thing is, it seems like that has now evolved into, along with the podcast thing, is that everybody needs a personal brand. Absolutely. A lot of executives are kind of coming out from behind the veil and being the spokesperson, if you will. So what happened or why you seem to have feel kind of strongly about it, but take us into that and what that might mean. So everybody needs a personal brand. So I would say that one or two more layers that are in there too, right? So I think 
think everybody wanted a funnel a few years back and everybody wanted a CRM and to take all this data. And now I think it's really about how do you align all these things together? When we talk about brand, how is your brand found online? For me, it's also what is your brand known for? What is the main thing that your brand does for the user? And for me, it comes down to something called the buyer's journey. So where different keywords or queries that a person puts in Google has different intent. Some of it's very quick. So if somebody is looking for an attorney, they're looking very quickly to find that person. Whereas if somebody is looking for enterprise software for a specific problem, that might be a cycle that takes eight to 12 months actually to fill. And it because it's also a very large purchase and it might not be one user, it might be a group of people that are sent out from a CEO or CTO that are said to go find a solution to this problem that we have. So what it comes down to is where you as the business show up in the buyer's journey. So a lot of businesses, when they focus on brand, they only focus in on their product pages. And that's a problem because that makes the statement that somebody has to know about the brand first. So a lot of brands forget to do is to show up for non-branded keywords that actually illuminate the problems or the issues. So as a website, you're looking for who is your audience that your problem is aimed at. You have to understand what their problems, challenges, and fears are. And your early stage engagement content should talk specifically to those things, their problems, fears, and challenges. And I say this a lot, pounding your chest like you're the best thing since sliced bread. Explain how your product or your service solves this issue and you will be their hero without having to pound your chest, right? And then what ends up happening is if you've done that right, the user says, they get me, they understand my problem. And if you've done it in the right manner, you can be considered for their product or the service that they're looking for. So they have a list in whether they're writing it down or it's in their mind of service providers or product providers. And hopefully you've made that list that they are going to consider to the next stage in the buyer's journey, which is where they actually buy that product. And there's a few stages. Matt, can I jump in here? Please do, because I'll just go on. One of the things that I'm thinking the listeners might be just throwing around in their head is how do they separate it being just this rote thing that you're just talking about putting product pages and ranking for keywords, and it can seem rather impersonal, or it can seem like to a CEO, well, I'll just automate it, or I'll have AI write everything. And I think that that's what gets a lot of businesses stuck or caught, or they don't see the results that they intend to. So how do you still bring some sort of human element is the right word, but how do you still create something that isn't just there like a filler piece or doesn't get caught in that sort of cycle? So the first thing is if they have a lot of topics that they're trying to reach, they can't be everything for everyone at one time. They need to be a thought leader around one topic and show depth and breadth why they are the solution and expert to go to. That needs to be where it absolutely has to start there. In the past, it used to be where we would have a few pages for these long tail keywords that we try to rank for. Google has moved on to where they are actually ranking websites that are going deep into the topics related to an issue. And you may actually have some topics that are related to it that don't seem like they have a lot of search volume, but it's a relevant segment to it, right? So that you have to actually talk about this because it's part of that whole spectrum of what that issue is. That's really key to start with. So uh, you want to become a topical authority in one topic first. And honestly, you're if you're going to offer things like lead magnets or things like that, it should be aligned to 
to that topic. You can do things like have sidebars. So let's say one strategy is to have pillar and post pages, which means that you have this large page that is in depth. Maybe it's 2000 words on this topic that goes into it and links down off to the supporting blog posts that link back up to it. They kind of support each other in a structure. One thing you could do is you could have on a sidebar on all those posts, the text of each of those posts plus the pillar page. And so the user, and let's say you have some case studies or some videos or webinars that are on different pages, you provide it all topically in that sidebar on each one of those so that the user can find that very easily and they can continue the journey. That way, you want to provide that as much ease to the user of that information that you have that goes in depth of breath, I guess is what I'm trying to say. How can you do that? Whether it's a sidebar, whether it's navigation, whether it might be banners on in certain sections of your site. So Yeah. And you've mentioned it a little bit, but this idea of you can't be everything to everybody all at the same time. So let's say, you know, I think that there are a lot of listeners who are perhaps even struggling with thinking about, well, how do I create content for my business? I'm a lawyer, I'm an accountant, businesses that don't seem to lend themselves very much to media or YouTube or whatever, you know, something like that. How do you help businesses like that? So I, I love working with lawyers. Most, some of the first major websites I worked with was lawyers and it can seem very, very dry, right? So let's look at personal injury lawyer. Um, there are a lot of different topics underneath personal injury that would be underneath that umbrella. Might be something like herbs palsy, which is like birth defects, or it could be a car accident lawyer. It could be med mal practice, right? It could be all sorts of different things. So you'd want to have this one page that kind of connects all of your pages that are together and they should internally link link each other and link back up to that. They can expand upon, this doesn't mean that they have to do 40, 50 pages all at one time. This could be done over a year or two um, where they build this content. Um, and there are certainly ways to do this where they can actually hire legal writers and then they need to vet those pages themselves to make sure that the writer has done the right laws for where they're at and send it back for edits if they need to do it themselves. There's ways to do that, to have things ghostwritten. And then you just use some basic strategies for or on-page SEO to ensure that it's both linked together and formatted correctly. So absolutely, there's ways to do this. The, the lawyers are busy. If they're a good lawyer, they're out getting cases. And what about the nature of the content, though? I think that's always something that people seem to have questions about. I don't know that there are some tools to answer the public or things like Quora or obviously Google Trends and stuff. If someone is struggling to figure out what sort of stuff their clients might be searching, do you have favorite ways to, to find that info? I have a few different ways. So I like certain tools. I like Ahrefs, which is a paid tool for some basic keyword research for what we would call the focus keyword, what the main part of the page is about. And when we're talking lawyers, it's usually more of a local keyword, right? So you're going to localize that. So it might be whatever county lawyers. And I would encourage anybody who is a lawyer to go after a county keyword versus a, unless they're living in a big city, because the amount of people that are actually searching in a small town, let's say the town has a hundred thousand people in there, it's not enough search volume. So go after the county keywords and do it that way. Certainly something use that. Another great tool, people also ask questions out of Google search results. So it's a way Way to enrich content. So you put your main seed keyword in there and you find out what are all the questions around that and related keywords you could use from the bottom of Google search, right? As long as it's relevant. And then you can just build out the topics of a page. The more in-depth and breadth you go, the better. Now you might find that you have a lot of leftover keywords. Let's say question 
queries. Great places to build posts out of those and then link those posts back to the page that was the original focus. Yeah, this has been really, really insightful stuff. Matt, when we get back from break, I want to ask you about this whole AI thing, what it's done. You know, is it good? Is it bad? Is it the Terminator? So we're going to get into that right after this quick break. Hey, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media, and we are a podcast and content creation. Well, we like to think of ourselves as platform builders because chances are you probably have a product, a passion, a mission, a message, something that you want to get out to the world, but you may not have the time, the team, or the tech skills to do it. Well, if that's the case, go to amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com. You can also check the show notes for info. And with that, let's get back to the conversation with Matt. So Matt, this has been a theme of a lot of conversations for AI, and it's fitting because the maxims that's come along with AI is that it's taking over every industry or it's infiltrating every industry. It's finding its way into every industry. And and I think SEO is, is probably at the top of the list. So what's been your thought on AI's impact on SEO? And maybe we can start to talk about how some of the changes that you are certain of, and then you know maybe some of the uncertain things that are out there. So I am certain that AI content can rank because I have seen it rank. But when my friends who have actually created it, they've not just used AI content generator and just put in one topic and then had it write content and publish it. That type of content can do all right. But what I've seen is when people actually put in the time to put in the right type of prompts and they may do an avatar of who they're actually going after first, they may be putting in some keyword research from a tool like Also Asked or Ahrefs up front into the tool and asking the tool to provide some information, whether it's usually it's ChatGPT4 with Code Navigator. And I've seen them do many, many iterations to get things. But then I've also seen it has worked. However, they then take the content and they edit it and they double check it and they check it for what's called hallucinations or AI hallucinations. So they're fact checking it and they make edits to personalize the content and give their experience within it. And so it's not just the fast pumping out. I've had people on my podcast myself who are AI content founders and they are fond of just putting in a topic and then just cranking out content and publishing it automatically in WordPress. I'm not a fan of that. I myself, if I was going to use AI and I've used AI before, I use for ideation. So I can put in some different keyword research and then I, I ask ChatGPT4 to basically give me some different topics to write or give me an outline. And then I will go physically write that. And there's a reason why I want to do that. Google has a framework called EEAT and it stands for Experience, Expertise, Authority, and Trustworthiness. And above all four of them, what they want to have is trust in somebody's website and the content that's actually within it. But they have been leaning in this past year into experience and expertise. It used to just be expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. And they added an extra E in there, which was the experience. So I'll give you an example. I had Lily Ray, who is probably one of the top leaders on EEAT on my podcast at one point, And she was explaining EEAT this way, that if you had five AI websites all writing about how to avoid a heart attack or 20 steps to avoid a heart attack, but you had a cardiologist who had 20 years worth of experience on who was writing content and put his experience within it, Google's supposed to lean into the cardiologist because that's where it is. And it verifiable his experience as well. Does that help? Yeah, definitely lays it out. And some of the shifting that's changing. I think one thing that might be helpful for people to understand too is that how those search results are actually changing with AI because it used to just be, can you get to the top of Google? And now that's the top of Google doesn't even look the same anymore. So can you talk about some of the changes there? Yeah, so Google's been changing their search engine result. If you look back at what they did 20 years ago, it, it doesn't look anything like it has in the last five years. It's alien, what it looked like. So they have always been evolving 
evolving and they will always be testing. They probably have 200 tests going at any given point. And when I say tests, it could be a minor tweak of something that they get feedback from. They have a lot of AI driven or machine learning in their algorithm already, just how it works. And they have something called RankBrain, which manages all their algorithms. So they already have machine learning and AI in the background. What we're talking about, I think, is what's called a SGE experience, which we're not quite sure where that's going to come out or where it's going to come out in the search engine results. So it is AI-driven content from its machine learning of what it feels is a relevant result. So none of us know how it's going to be released. But what I can tell you is that Google earns their living off of the ads that they have within search engine results. So they are not going to jeopardize their income that they have off of their ad revenue. So they're going to be very careful with how they roll this out and where they roll this out. There'll probably be tons and tons of tests on how it affects that. So there are a lot of people who are worried, whether it's businesses or SEOs or content writers about the end of the world. And there are some businesses out there who are replacing content writers with AI, which I don't agree with. I think it's just going to be what is inevitable, which is change. We're going to have to change and be agile. That's what we've always had to do with Google. We've had to be agile. So you roll with the punches, you change. Here's a perfect example. Google is retiring Google Podcasts, right? They announced it last year. It's going to happen very shortly. And what was it? Six months ago, eight months ago, they announced podcasts on YouTube. So they're trying to make a shift. What I believe is because TikTok was starting to take up a lot of real estate within search results. So they want to compete with that, right? So I think this is their way to do that. One other thing that I'll say is an experiment. If we want to understand what an experiment is in Google, think about Google+. Plus. It was a six-year experiment that cost millions and millions and millions of dollars that they just said, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, that was a wildly failed experiment for a lot of reasons. Matt, this has been really, really great stuff. A lot of stuff here, and I know there's a lot to cover, but that's kind of what you do on your show and your own content. Can you let the listeners know where the best place to find that is and how they might be able to better connect with you? Sure. So I would love to talk to them. My podcast is the Focus Visibility Podcast. It's the podcast for becoming a recognized authority while conquering imposter syndrome. So how can you do this? How can you do what we've been talking about? How can you become a topical authority? How can you align your emails to what your topical authority is, to your lead magnets, to all your marketing? would love to talk to you. It's on focusvisibility.com. And man, it's been such a pleasure being on the show. I loved it. This has been a great conversation. I want to thank all you listeners for sticking with us today. If you made it this far, we would love and appreciate a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you know someone who needs to hear this in the midst of scaling their business or just needs to hear some of Matt's insights, hit that share button, send them a message, let them know you were thinking about them. And as always, we appreciate you being part of the community. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.